Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Today, awesome. For those of you that were here during the the second service, you got to witness that firsthand, and it was just incredible. Love seeing lives change, and uh, people following Jesus, and being water baptized, and just declaring to the world, hey, my life is, the old is gone, the new has come, amen? Come on, is anybody excited to be at church today? We are in a series that we've called Fresh, and uh, I'm going to jump right into this because there's a lot that I want to get to today, but... I want to catch us up to speed because what we've been doing is in this series, uh, our desire is that God would pour out fresh in our lives. And there are many of us that maybe uh, you felt discouraged, maybe you felt weary, maybe you felt like you've been in a place and you don't know how you even got there. But God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to provide fresh things in your life so that you can walk into the next season, you can walk into that circumstance, you can walk into whatever it is that God has for you. And that you can have everything that you need. And so we've talked about fresh wind. And we've talked about fresh vision. And last weekend we talked about fresh strength. And we said that God is the source. And that in our own strength we're going to burn out. But if we trust in the Lord, that is where the strength comes from. And uh, I would encourage you to go back in this series. Find those messages on the podcast or go on the app and check those out. Because I really think they'll be a blessing to you. We're kind of going through these different topics um, that, that I believe the Lord has put on my heart to share with you each and every week. And uh, I honestly don't know. Today may be the last day of this series. We may be back next week and, and uh, have part five. I don't know. As long as the Lord continues to give me another word that he wants me to share with you, then we're going to stay right here and allow him to speak what he wants to speak. Amen? And so today, uh, as we continue our series, I want to talk to you about this title, Fresh Courage. Fresh courage. Anybody ever needed courage? <laughs> Anybody ever been in a situation where you needed courage? Anybody ever been facing something you needed courage? Anybody ever needed just courage in your heart? And uh, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes uh, about fresh courage. And I want to start, we're going to read a lot of scripture today. And we're going to be in several different places. And so you'll want to write these down, I believe, and, and uh, even go back and look at them later. But I want to start today with a story. Come on, where are my, you grew up in Sunday school. Anybody grew up in Sunday school? You grew up in Sunday school. You know, come on, you had the flannel graph, you know, thing where the teacher's like putting the thing on the, you know, and it sticks to it. And you're like, I don't even know how that's sticking to it, but it's just super cool, right? Uh, this is a story that if you grew up in Sunday school, you will be familiar with this story. But I want to start here, and then we're going to go uh, a couple of different directions with this. This is in Daniel chapter 6, and uh, I want to start in verse number 1 and read. We're going to read 23 verses. Come on, is it okay if we read the Bible and church today? Uh, some of you are okay with that. Some of you <laughs> will bring you along for the ride. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. 
Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Come on, can we just, uh, can we just make the declaration today that we would be people that are faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy? I mean, wouldn't that just be awesome if the world was just full of that, those type of people? So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius, right? Anybody ever had your kids, those of us have kids, you've had your kids come to you and they're like, I just love you. You're just the best dad, you're just the best mom, right? And what is normally you're thinking to yourself, what do you want, right? You know, you're coming to me, and this is, this is, in essence, kind of the situation that we're walking into right here. They go to the king, and they're like, long live King Darius. In other words, like, Whoo, we just love you, king. You're just such a good king. You're just the best king we've ever had, right? He's just kind of puffing him up, and they said, we're all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, right? They get the king, they're like, didn't you do this? Like, didn't you make this law? And he's like, yeah, I made that law. And then they come to him with the accusation, right? Says, then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you in your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to them, May your God whom you serve, uh, said to him, May your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. Right? This is where, what we grew up, uh, Daniel in the lion's den. A stone was thrown and placed over the mouth of the den, The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. May God send... May God send his angel to shut the mouth, or my God send his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me. 
For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed, overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. The first thing that I notice about this, and just to kind of summarize this story, is that Daniel, um, he's not from this area. And so Daniel finds himself here, and he, because of the favor of God on his life, and because of his great abilities, the Bible says, the king decided, I want Daniel in charge. I want Daniel to be overseeing something. I want Daniel to be overseeing some people. I want Daniel to be in some kind of role. And it even says that he, was, he, he intended to put him over really everybody else. And because of that, because of this favor, because of this, this great ability that Daniel had, right? And we know this ability came from God, right? It was the favor of God on his life. Because of that, right, his, his co-workers, come on somebody, his co-workers decide, we don't really like Daniel. And we're, we're kind of, you know, they wouldn't say it in this way, but we're kind of jealous of Daniel. And Daniel's getting all the special treatment. And Daniel's getting all the raises. And Daniel's getting all the promotions. And Daniel's getting all the recognition. And Daniel's getting to do the things that we wish that we could get to do. And Daniel, the king just loves Daniel so much, so we have to find something about Daniel that we can go to the king and we can get him to have to step down from this or, or that the king will get upset with him. And they can't find anything. And because they can't find anything, and Daniel is walking with the Lord and following the Lord, being obedient to the Lord, because they can't find anything, then they think, well, we can take what he normally does. We can take his religion. We can take what he, with the God that he believes in and the things that he does on a regular basis, and we can use that against him. We can get the king to sign this into law, and we can use that against Daniel, right? And then it goes on, and it says that Daniel went back. And he goes back, and even though the king had signed this in the law, he goes back and he does what he normally did. And he went and he prayed three times a day to his God. And does anybody find it interesting that these, these individuals that were trying to find something wrong with Daniel, that they were trying to accuse Daniel of something, they just happen to be walking by Daniel's house at the time that Daniel would be praying? Right? They're trying to, fi they're trying to figure out some way. We do not like Daniel. Let's use what he believes, let's use the God he believes in. Let's use the fact that he's not really from here and he, he serves a God that we don't serve. Let's use that against him to get him kicked out of the position that he's in. But here's something that I want to point out to you that you may have noticed in the story, hopefully you did, that even when a law was formed that went against Daniel's relationship with God and the truth, Daniel still had the courage to do what he knew he should do and what he knew what it was right, even though he knew what the potential worldly consequences would be. The law was that anybody who doesn't abide by this is going to be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel knew what law was signed. And he went back and had the courage and he said, you know what? No matter what anybody says or what anybody does or anybody that tries to get me away from serving my God, I'm going back in courage and I'm going to continue to do what I know is right, what I know is the truth, what I know I'm here to stand on. And it doesn't matter what law you sign. It doesn't matter how much you come against me. It doesn't matter what you try to use against me. I'm going to have the courage to stand for what's right in the midst of it. And as I was preparing this message it was interesting to me. I don't know many of you. I don't keep up with the news a lot. Okay? Um, I, I'm not, like, I'll read it occasionally. Um, I really don't even like to watch it, honestly. But many of you are probably aware of what's going on in the world. 
And, and over the last week or two, everything that's been going on in Afghanistan, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but I found it interesting that as I was preparing this and studying this message about courage, that there's so much going on in the world. And here's, here's the question that I felt like the Lord asked me that I want to ask you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this question up for you because this is a heavy and this is a loaded question. But I believe it's a question that you need to ask yourself and you need to make a decision on what your answer would be. And here's the question. Do we have the question? If true persecution came to America, would you have the courage to stand for what is right and true? Listen, if, if true persecution, if what we see happening in the world was, was to make its way here. And I'm not prophesying. I'm not saying that it's coming. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I just felt like the Lord asked me this question. And I had somebody ask me this uh, a, a while back when we were starting the church. And, and they said they had a visual of, of a shower and how we like a hot shower. And they were asking the question, if the water get, got cold, would you still stand in it? Can I ask you today, if the water got cold, would you still stand in it? Would you have the courage and the faith? Are you so intimate with your Heavenly Father that if persecution came your way, and I'm not talking about like, well, somebody talked about me at work. I'm not talking about that persecution. We experience that kind of persecution. I'm talking about real, what you read in the Bible, what you read when you, when you read about, you know, if, if, if you studied, you know, I went through a season where I was studying through Revelation, you know, and all this, and I was really intrigued by that and, and, uh, and what was, you know, prophesied in the Bible and what we're made aware of that's coming down the line, right? And I'm not here to, like, freak you out or scare you, and this is not going to be a message on that, but I felt like the Lord asked me, if true persecution came to America, would, would you have the courage to stand for what's right and what's true no matter what? And to say, you know what, like Daniel, I, it, like I, I know what that says, but I'm not going to quit serving my God. And I'm not going to quit living for Him. And today I want to focus on two types of courage as we go through the rest of our time together in this message. Because I believe that the Lord wants to equip us as we truly follow Him. And I think there were, as I was studying this, I found two different types of courage that I want to try my best to explain to you and, and, and teach to you. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But I want to go through the message and talk about these two types of courage that I believe the Lord wants to equip you with as you truly follow Jesus. Because if you truly follow Jesus, you're going to face some things. If you truly follow Jesus, it's not always going to be easy. And it's not always going to be roses and walking through the garden there are going to be some times and some instances in your life to where it's not going to be easy. And you've got to make up your mind ahead of time. You've got to say, you know what, God, I need you to impart in me whatever it is that I need so that I'm prepared for where I'm going. I'm prepared for what may come, and I may not know what's coming, but I'm prepared for it in advance. And so this is, this is what I want to do today. Two, uh, two types of courage. Here's the first one. Point number one, if you're taking notes, be courageous. Be courageous. And here's how the dictionary defines courageous, okay? The word courageous. Courageous is not deterred 
by danger or pain, brave. If you were to say somebody is, they are courageous, they are courageous, you're saying they are not, they are not walking away, they are not venturing off because things get hard. Like in the, in the face of danger and pain, they are brave. And this is the type of courage that trusts God as you're about to walk into a battle, as you're about to walk into a fight, as you're about to walk into a circumstance or a difficulty or something that you're nervous about taking on, right? This is the type of courage where somebody would say, you just need to be courageous. I know that you're walking into that situation, but you just need to be courageous. And here's, uh, John Wayne said this, I like this quote, he said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. <laughs> courage is being scared to death, not knowing what's coming, but deciding, you know, I'm going to saddle up anyway. Because I, I'm going to be courageous, right? Courage is not based on your feelings. In fact, being courageous is in spite of your feelings most of the time. That I've made the decision, I'm going to be courageous. Courage isn't necessarily about being capable. capable. Courage is I know who makes me capable. It's not that I'm confident in me or that I know that I'm capable. Courage and being courageous says, I know who makes me capable. I might be scared to death, but I know who makes me capable. And I can be courageous in the face of anything because I know who makes me capable. I'm talking about being courageous. I think a good example of this type of courage can be found in the book of Joshua, and I love the story of Joshua. I have it in my office. I have this verse, one of these verses we're going to read. The very last verse we're going to read, Joshua 1.9, is, is in my office as a reminder. You know what? Be strong and courageous. But I want to start in verse number 1. Joshua 1.1 says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assist, assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set, you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south of the Lebanon mountains to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And then right after God says, listen, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to fail you. Everywhere you go, I've given it to you. This is what he tells Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Joshua's like, all right, got it. God says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. All right, I got it. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God, God is giving this command and this instruction to Joshua, and three times, just right here, he says, you need to be strong and courageous. Joshua's like, yes, sir. No, you need to be strong and courageous. All right, I got it. You know, 
be in the word, you know, what, you know, their, what would have been their Bible at the time. Like, you need to meditate on these things. You need to know these things. And Joshua's like, all right, all right, all right. You know, it's like Moses is dead. You know, now I'm the guy. I don't really know what I'm doing. There's like a million people here. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the future holds. I just know what you're telling me. And God says, you need to be strong and courageous. He can't see the future. He can't see how it's going to turn out. He has to trust God and walk in courage. And this type of courage is in the form of, can I just, I know, how many of you like English class when you were in school? You just love English class. You love learning about nouns and adjectives and, right, you know, our, our kids are going through some of this and it's like, you know, I'm like relearning as, as we're helping them through some of their schoolwork and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. This would be, this type of courage, being courageous, would be in the form of an adjective. And here's what an adjective is. It's a word or phrase naming an attribute. The word for courageous in the Hebrew means to be stout, strong, bold, alert. So when God was instructing Joshua, he said, here's what you need to do. You need to be stout, you need to be strong, you need to be bold, and you need to be alert. I'm going with you. You're not going alone. You can do this. I've given you the land. You need to be stout. You need to be strong. You need to be bold. And you need to be alert. A few other verses in the Bible where it talks about being courageous. Deuteronomy 31.6, which is kind of this same scenario, says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. 2 Chronicles 32, 7. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is a power far greater on our side. And in the Old Testament, this word that keeps being translated as courageous is the same word, right? Over and over. It's, it's be stout, be strong, be bold, be alert. This is what you need to do. But I also like the word that Paul uses because he mentions something similar to this in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. He says in the New Living Translation, Be on guard, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. I'm going to say that again. Be on guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. And be strong. And I found it interesting that this word in the original that we translate in this translation as be courageous. You know what it means? Act like a man. You know what Paul said? <laughs> Paul said you need to stand firm in your faith and act like a man. It kind of changes the way that you read it when you get, that, you get that vibe from Paul as he's writing this down. He's like, you know what you need to do? You need to be on guard. You need to stand firm in your faith, and you need to act like a man and be strong. Now, I know I could single out all of the men today, and I might just for a moment. You know what we need to do in the world and the culture and leading our families? We need to act like a man. We need, to, we need to be on guard, stand firm in our faith, be strong, and act like a man. Ladies, <laughs> you know what I think you need to do? I think the man comes first, but I think the same can apply to you in your own life. You need to be on guard. You need to be prepared to stand firm in your faith. 
for lack of a better term. <laughs> Be courageous. This, this is, have you ever asked yourself the question, why does, why does the Bible, you read the Bible and you're like, why does the Bible tell me I need to stand firm in my faith? Maybe because you'll have to. Why does the Bible tell, like, why did Paul say you need to be courageous? Maybe because you're going to have to. Why are you going to have to, like, be on guard? Be on guard. Well, that sounds, you know, Paul, that's cool. Maybe it's because you're going to have to. I think that this is instruction for our lives. To be on guard, to stand firm in our faith, to be courageous, to be strong. And I think that some of us in this room today need to stand up and decide that we're going to be courageous because here's what I believe. I think that God's going to ask some of you to take on more responsibility and you're going to have to be courageous. I think that God's going to ask some of you to start something for the kingdom and you're going to have to be courageous. I believe that God's going to ask some of you to give up certain lifestyles and things that you've become accustomed to for what he has planned for you and you're going to have to be courageous. I think that God is going to ask some of you to do something but he's only going to give you step one and you're going to have to be courageous and do step one before you get step two. And it's going to involve you being courageous. Listen, the pressure is not on you to perform. You just have to be you just have to have the courage to say yes to whatever God's asking you to do and leave the rest to him. Good. You know, I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to stand firm in my faith. I'm going to be on guard. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be obedient to what God is saying. I'm going to leave the results to him, but I'm going to be courageous. And I think we need to walk out of here today with the mentality that no matter what God asks me to do, I can do it. No matter what comes my way, I can make it through, and he's going to empower me to be courageous and so i think the first type of courage is being courageous here's the second thing that i want to talk to you about take courage be courageous and take courage there's a difference being courageous and taking courage because here's the definition for the word courage it's strength in the face of pain or grief to take courage, courage is strength in the face of pain or grief. This type of courage is like a mental or a moral strength in the face of anything. It's like a made-up mind. It's like I have, I have already taken on courage. And a great passage of Scripture for us to look at for this type of courage, I think, is James chapter 5. And I want to start in verse 11. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know how about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Take courage. Take courage. I told you about an, about an adjective. If you study this, this would be more of a noun. 
And here's what a noun is. It's a word that functions as the name of a specific object or a set of objects. And here's the best way that I know to differentiate these two forms of the word courage about being courageous and taking courage. To be courageous is an action you take as you face something or some situation in life. To take courage means that it is a part of who you are at the center of your being. If I'm going to be courageous, then in the face of whatever is out there in front of me, I have made the decision, I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be stout. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be brave. I'm, like, I have made the decision, I'm going to do this. To take on courage would mean that it is, it is something that is a part of you at the center of your being. In fact, that's what the word in the original language that James used when he wrote this means. This phrase, take courage, is also translated in some Bibles as strengthen your hearts. Maybe it says that in your Bible. He says, strengthen your hearts. Be patient and strengthen your hearts. And this is only two words in the Greek, and I want to put these on the screen because and, 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 it gives us a picture of what it looks like to actually take courage. The first word is sterizo, and it means to establish. The second word is cardia, which looks like a word that we would know as the heart, right? Cardia, and it means heart. Mind, character, inner self, center of our being. So this phrase, take courage, can literally be translated to say, establish the center of your being. On what? On Jesus. Establish your innermost being on him. You need to live from a posture of, I have taken courage. I have taken courage. Jesus says, listen, in this, life, in this world, you're going to face trouble, but take heart. Take courage. Because I have already overcome the world. In other words, you can take on, as a part of you, courage, because God has over, already overcome everything that you may face. He has overcome, so you can overcome, and you can take on courage. This is the same word that Jesus used to talk about the, the character and the center of our being in John 14. He says, Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let, this is the phrase right here, do not let your hearts be troubled. Have the center, most inner part of you established in Christ. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Can I submit to you that there may be some of us who have not established the center of who we are in Christ? We have not established on the inside, like we are not founded and rooted in Jesus. Like Jesus is not the center of everything, of everything. And to all, to believers who are suffering, James is writing this and he tells us, he says, wait patiently for the Lord and in that process, make sure that you establish the center of your being on your trust in God. Take courage. In other words, I like to say it like Jesus is inviting you today, take my courage. Take what I have already done and make it the center of you. You're going to need to be courageous, and you're going to need to take what Jesus has already done for you. Take his courage and make it the innermost part of you. And so here's what I think the Lord 
is saying to us as believers or Christians in the world that we're living in and with culture and different things like that. He's saying, be strong, be bold, and be alert, and make sure your heart and your life is centered and established in Christ. Make sure your life is established. Be strong, be bold, be alert, and make sure that your heart and your life is established in Christ. And as we end today, I'll wrap it up with this, and I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back. As we end today, I want to I attempt to answer two questions that I felt like I felt like needed to be answered, and maybe you've already answered these questions, and you already know the answer to these questions, but these may be questions that you're asking as you sit here today, or as you go through your week, and you're wondering, well, what about this? And here's the first question. Do I really need to be courageous and and be truly established in Christ? Because I think there are sometimes, there are some of us that we may even be asking the question like, "Why why is this such a serious thing? Why is this such an important thing? You're talking so passionately about why we need this, why we need to be courageous and we need to be truly established in Christ. Do I really need, I mean, have you seen my life? It's not that bad. It's not that terrible. I mean, we live in a pretty nice area. We are a part of of a church like in the Bible Belt, you know, like the buckle of the Bible Belt. Most people go to church. If you ask people if they're a Christian, yeah, I'm a Christian. Where do you go to church? Well, I go to church at this church. Like, it's a normal thing for people to say that they go to church or to know about God in some way or know about Jesus in some way. So do I really need to be courageous and be truly established in Christ? I want to show you five verses Five verses from 2 Timothy on the screen, and I want you to process this this morning because this is the Word of God. Do I really need to be courageous? Do I really need to take on the, the, the courage of Christ, what He's done for me? This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5. through 5. It says, Paul is writing this, and he says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Listen to me for just a minute. I'm not telling you what time frame we're in. I'm just looking around, okay? And all we can really do, we don't really know the day or the hour or the time and all of this stuff, but I'm just looking around at the world that we're living in and, and just trying to connect some dots. And this is what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people, listen, for people will love only themselves and their money. People will love only themselves and their money they will be boastful and proud scoffing at God disobedient to their parents and ungrateful they will consider nothing sacred are you hearing what I'm reading they will consider nothing sacred they will be unloving and unforgiving they will slander others and have no self-control they will be cruel and hate what is good they will betray their friends be reckless be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God they will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly and he says Stay away from people like that. 
Now, some of you right now, I just want to throw out this disclaimer. You can't get mad at me. Because <laughs> I didn't write that. I didn't put this in my notes as, well, I think the Lord is speaking this. No, like, this is straight from the Word of God. And so we're asking the question, we're like, am I really going to need to be courageous? Am I really going to need to take on the courage of Christ and have it as the center most part of my being? I think so. I think so. And I think you need to go ahead and make the decision. You know what? I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to take courage. Jesus said, hey, in this life you're going to have trouble, but take heart. Take courage. I've already overcome the world. I've already overcome it all. So take heart and take courage. Here's the second question that I think some of us would ask is, how can I receive this courage? Okay, I need to be courageous, and how do, like, I need to take courage. How do I receive this courage? If this is something I'm really going to need, how do I receive this courage? And I just have one verse for you that I believe the Lord took me to, one verse. And it's Matthew 6, And many of you can quote this by heart. But I want to talk about it for just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to pray and we're going to sing. It says this, it says, seek the kingdom of God above most other things. Seek the kingdom of God above the things that really don't matter to you. Seek the kingdom of God if you feel like it. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and do what? And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. I think the starting point, if you want to receive and take on the courage, be courageous, take on the courage. You know what, God? I want to I stand firm in my faith. It doesn't matter. I want to be that person that it doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what might come. It doesn't matter what's coming down the line. It doesn't matter what anybody else tries to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else says about me. It doesn't matter what anybody else tries to do to me or what tr- anybody else tries to find fault in this area or that area or make something up because they can't find anything. I want to be the person that has taken on courage and is going to be courageous. Let me tell you, you got to Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then he will give you everything you need. You want everything that you need? Seek him first. Above everything else. Above everything else. Listen, above your spouse. Above the career that is really important to you. Above everything else. And live righteously. Seek his righteousness. And he will give you everything that you need. Listen, Daniel was a man who sought after God and what he wanted, and he lived courageously. Joshua was a man who sought after God and what he wanted, and he lived courageously. David was a man who sought after God and what he wanted, and he lived courageously. 
Nehemiah was a man who sought after God and what he wanted, and he lived courageously. Paul was a man who sought after God and what he wanted, and he lived courageously. And God desires to give you fresh courage today so that you can follow him, and you can stand for him, and you can stand for what is right. But this next, this next statement is so important, and it is rooted in what Jesus said, that we have to stop seeking our kingdom and start truly seeking God's kingdom. And we can say it this way, that life can no longer be about what's convenient for me if I'm going to make an impact in the world. Life can no longer be about what's convenient for me if I'm going to make an impact in the world. If I'm going to live this way, if I'm going to stand firm in my faith, life can no longer be about what's convenient for me if I'm going to truly make an impact in the world. And I want to end today by asking the same loaded question that we talked about at the very beginning that the Lord asked me. And I think it's something we have to wrestle with because I, who knows? God knows. But in the face of every, in the face of anything, would you have the courage? Would you have the boldness? Would you have the faith Would you be able to be the person that could stand for what's right, stand for what's true, no matter what? No matter what. And I think it's a question that we have to wrestle with. And some of us, we're going to have to 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 flesh this out. Like, what is it going to take for me to get to the place where no matter what, turning my back on God no matter what I'm not turning my back on what's right no matter what I'm not turning my back on what's true and to be somebody like Daniel who even when he heard what was going on he said you know what I still gotta go back and I gotta pray and I gotta seek God I believe that God wants to give you fresh courage. I believe he wants to to impart it in you to where you can be the person that you, you can be courageous and you can take courage. You can be courageous and you can take courage in the face of anything, in any situation, in any circumstance. Will you stand to your feet today? sing together and worship I'll go and invite the prayer team to come down but will you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment just want to ask you just want to ask you just in your own way to respond and to ask yourself I love this question just to ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit what are you speaking to me through this message what are you saying to me because I think we're all in different we're all in different places And I think God's trying to do something. I think God's trying to equip us to reach people, to share the gospel, to stand for what's right, to stand for what's true. 
And so in this message in particular, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? And I'll just ask you to do this, and I just want to pray for you, and then we're going to give you an opportunity if you have, need prayer for anything in your life. It could be about what we talked about today, or it could be any situation you have going on in your life. We believe in the power of prayer and joining together and praying with each other and agreeing together for whatever it is that you're facing and whatever it is that, that you're walking through right now. But I just want to ask you this with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If, if that's you and you say, you know what, today I, I want fresh courage. I want fresh courage. Will you just lift your hands right where you are and I want to pray with you. I want fresh courage. Some of us, we can stay in this room and we don't even really know, we don't even really know what that means for us. We may not really know, like, I don't know, am I, like, am I ever going to really need fresh courage in my situation, in my life? I don't believe that we would be instructed to take courage and be courageous if we weren't going to need it at some point, at some level. So, Lord, right now, you see hands lifted all across this auditorium, all across this room. Lord, even those that are watching online right now that are even making the decision and saying, you know what, I want fresh courage in my life. I want, I want fresh courage to be courageous. Whenever you, whenever you speak, Lord, that we would obey. That in the face of anything, uh, anything that comes our way, any difficulty, any trial, any trouble, any persecution, anybody that would try to make things up or come against us or try to get us to, to not believe anymore what we've believed for so long, Lord, I pray that we would be courageous. And I pray that at the center of our being, that we would take on courage. That it would be who we are on the inside. That we have your courage living on the inside of us. That we have established ourselves in you at the center of our being. And so no matter what we, no matter what we walk into, no matter what happens, that we can be people of courage. Lord, today I pray that you would pour out fresh courage on your people today. That we would walk out of here bolder. That we would walk out of here strengthened. That we would walk out of here more courageous than we've ever been. Not, be, not because of what we can do, but because we know who makes us capable. Not because of confidence in ourselves, but because we know that, that you equip us, that you are able, that you are capable. And Lord, I pray as we sing this last song today, in this room today, I pray that you would receive all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. That you would speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Last week, awesome. Celebrating with those who are following Jesus and being water baptized. And man, it was.